Do you struggle with mental health like on a daily basis? My anxiety and depression in some ways is a manifestation of the ADHD and if I treat the ADHD, I treat the anxiety. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to We Dive Deeper. My name is Kate McGill and this is the podcast where small talk goes to die, my friends. There is no small talk allowed here absolutely none. My guests pick at random from 70 of my all-time favourite questions that I've curated from around the globe and amazing, amazing conversation ensues. I've had such wonderful feedback and comments about the Woody episode. Loads of Bastille fans have been in touch saying that they love to hear more about behind the musician, behind the industry. So I'm so glad that you enjoyed the episode. Thanks for getting in touch. And so many new patrons on my Patreon. Hello, everyone who's signed up. You are so, so welcome, and I'm so grateful for you. Don't forget that you can get the full, full episodes that are not cut off um, a week earlier than everyone else on my Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Kate McGill. And we have some fun episodes coming up next, 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 next week. After Gabrielle's, we've got Josephine from Oh Wonder. Um, and I do wonder how I managed to pull that one off, as I do with every single person I talk to on here. I feel out of my depth, and yet here I am talking to these wonderful people. And I have just this second decided that I'm going to do a review of the week. And my review of the week this week is from Iris. Iris loves cats. She says, I usually don't like podcasts, but I absolutely love We Dive Deeper. I also hate small talk and I find it so interesting why we are who we are and what we all go through. Right? I really, really find that interesting. Kate is absolutely amazing at what she does. She always makes everyone feel at ease and you can tell that her guests trust her. Although some of the questions are tough, I highly recommend it and I can't wait for the next episode. Thank you so much, Iris. And you are officially the first ever review of the week. So I hope you enjoy that title for the next two weeks. But onwards with Gabrielle's episode. So I first stumbled across Gabrielle, as I'm sure many of you did, on YouTube probably about 10 years ago. And I remember watching one of her videos and just thinking, how? How on planet Earth does someone with a voice and a talent like that exist? And yet she is still existing and she is still the most talented, wonderful human being ever. She has nearly 4 million monthly listeners on Spotify. Many people might know her from the John Lewis advert, um, the famous, famous Christmas John Lewis advert a couple of years ago, where she did the most amazing cover of The Power of Love by Frankie Goes to Hollywood. But most recently, she's put out a single with J.P. Cooper called Losing Me. And fuck me if it is not one of the most beautifully written songs of 2019 if you haven't heard it yet make sure you go and listen i promise 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 you won't be disappointed so on today's episode we get into all things adhd and what it's like for her to live with that day to day um we also get into what it was like when she first signed to her label and she worked and worked and worked and had burnout we get into a bit of veganism uh, and embarrassing stories and lots of other stuff. There's so many funny moments in this episode, so I really hope you enjoy. I won't keep you any further. Here is my chat with Gabrielle Applin. Hello, Gabrielle. Hello, sorry, I've got a mouthful of crisp. So thank you so much for doing this for me. 
Okay. Thank you for having me. Um, yeah, the pleasure is quite literally mine. Sorry if you can hear us ice clinking. I know that chewing, annoyed some other the people. Chewing and the chewing ASMR not nice. <laughs> we're uh, we're drinking the Plymouth Gin Navy Strength and fuck. Oh, I literally thought that was your dog. Then I was like, I've got a problem. What's <laughs> <laughs> okay, right. Let's just get straight into it. Pick a number between one and seventy. One and seventy. Mm-hmm. Thirty-three. Thirty-three. Okay, I should have been prepared and had this up. <laughs> Alas, right. Do you consider yourself to be truly free? Hmm. No. Expand. So on many levels, on maybe on some levels, yes. Like I don't have a boss. I don't have anyone telling me what to do. But I know if I didn't do what I need to do, my life would just fall apart. And also I feel like there's like um, kind of mental freeness. Mm-hmm. As well, freedom, freedom yeah. as well. I feel like um, guilt, time management, and just uh, dopamine holds hold me back, maybe. <laughs> and make me feel like I'm not free. I think there's lots of it's the way you frame it as well like I was telling you just now about my friend and I both having the same situation us in our houses alone and she had the best time of her life but I felt so guilty that I wasn't doing anything even though I had nothing to do yeah um and that doesn't feel like freedom even though I'm completely free and I have a day off it doesn't feel like I'm free yeah do you know what I mean do you do you struggle with mental health like on a daily basis yeah I think it comes in waves I have ADHD and oh yeah how tell tell um, us how you figured that out because it just came like didn't someone you i watched um there's it was i think it was something to do with edinburgh fringe and i i'm so happy i didn't go out that night and i watched the tv and i stayed in an airport hotel and i could have gone to a gig and i was like no i'm gonna stay here and it was edinburgh fringe this thing called bbc ouch and it was like people with mental health there's disabilities uh, like all sorts of different kind of issues illnesses that's my dog shaking (laughs) or you know Anything, and then they're not always visible as well. So, and it was like a kind of uh, like a storytelling show, and lots of different people come and telling stories. And there was a guy in a wheelchair who was telling a great story, and um, a lady with cerebral palsy, a lady with anxiety. And then this girl comes on at the end, and I was like, okay, her illness or disability isn't visible. Um, and then she was just talking about her life, and I was like, oh, geez, that's me. Wow, that's me, that's me, that's me. Okay, whoa, whoa, whoa. And I kind of, I just went and got checked out and I went to a therapist and then I went to a psychiatrist and I got a diagnosis and it was amazing. But it made me go, okay, so my anxiety and depression in some ways is a manifestation of the ADHD. And if I treat the ADHD, I treat the anxiety. And I did feel that for a bit, but it's easy to slip back into habits and stuff. Um, but for me, it's not like hyperactivity, it's more... Um, like women tend to go in on themselves so it's like um I can just sit and stare at the wall for hours I just have no like it's, it's a lack of dopamine I guess so it's like I know what I I have the means to do what I need to do I want to do what I need to do <laughs> no one is breaking into her and <laughs> but like a, do you, I just can't do it yeah um sometimes and some I take Ritalin but I haven't taken any today. Right. But I find it do helps. you t- take it like as and when you think you need it then? Um, I probably should take it every day. Um, but I'm still in the process of getting my repeat prescription. So right, okay. it's quite, yeah, it's, it's just, I just have to wait basically. Um, so I'm kind of, I'm rationing them, which I shouldn't be, but like, I don't, I'd rather use them when I know I need them Yeah, and know I have them. Um, but yeah. How know. does it change through, like, how does having ADHD affect 
your life as a musician? Like, how do they weave into each other? Um, so sometimes things can be really emotional. I forget a lot of things. And then I have anxiety about forgetting things. So like the lyrics you were saying earlier. Yeah, yeah. Like if I, I, I'll be there, songs I've written myself and I know very well, performed thousands of times, I just forget. And I will forget them because I'm, not, I'm thinking, I just get so scared. It's like, and if I have nothing to worry about, I, I, that feels weird. So I have to pick something to be anxious about. So it's a constant like stress and then three songs in, it's fine. Wow. But, um, or like, um, concentrating really difficult distractions um i guess yeah. kind of time management in, yeah in that well. way music because it is not structured you're not sat there having to focus on something for quite literally nine hours yeah, yeah. it's kind of handy in a way because yeah. if you're writing a song it oh, can just be like pros as yeah. well like and like i think like people with adhd I tend to be more sensitive to sound and color and i really love art and music so that's really good so like there are for everything that's maybe bad about it there's a good thing and just actually understanding it yeah it's, as soon as there was a name put on it it's like oh phew like yeah, that's what that it was is such a relief because i just like i knew something was up but i didn't know what it was and i just i was misdiagnosed well it's weird it's not quite a misdiagnosis because i have anxiety and depression but they're more symptoms of a bigger problem so like i started treating the bigger problem um, yeah. Has that felt better then since my yeah? Been and even like there are days like I can take Ritalin and like the first day I took it, it was amazing. So if you imagine there's like a level, a line, and that's the line you have to operate at. I think people with ADHD operate just a little bit below that line. So if you take Ritalin, it doesn't make you overproductive. It just makes you. It makes me feel like my normal self. Right. Um. On like, and I might be like that on a good day. And sometimes even taking that, I feel like I can train my brain to do what it does when I'm on Ritalin. But like. The biggest thing is that, like, one small task feels very overwhelming. So, like, taking the bins out or, like, sending an email feels like you've done a whole day of work. Whereas I took the Ritalin and I did my email and I went and recorded a cover and then I uploaded it and I did all these little, little things that I have to do. And I was like, I didn't feel overwhelmed. And I was like, actually, no, that wasn't hard. Wow. You know, it's not yeah. actually difficult, but it is, you yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. But then some days I'll like I might go to the supermarket and I'll have like a bag of frozen food and I'll and I'll, I'll be looking at it and I I'll know I have to put it in the freezer cuz it's melting, but like I'll just sit and watch it melt. But right. I think that's what it is. That's the, how I can describe it, I think. Yeah. Does that affect your relationships and friendships in any way? Um my best mate's a, is um a doctor and she like specializes in mental health and and she gets it. <laughs> so, really? like, that's you handy. know, she's worked in psychiatry and stuff. So, like, I, whenever, like, I want, I need to bail. I don't come out. Like, you know, things like that. She gets it People straight understand. away. Um, and Alfie as well completely gets it as well. And he, it's it's different because he, it's not something that he's really experienced as a lifelong thing. You know, he must have experienced bits of depression and anxiety here and there, but it's not a, a threat um, I don't think, but he gets it. And it's just, yeah, it's, um, I don't know. I feel like it did at first, but because I didn't speak about it. Yeah. And I also didn't know what to speak about it. I was like, I just feel weird. I don't want to come out. Maybe that's just who I am. Maybe I'm, you know, like you just isolate yourself. Yeah. So yeah, I feel better about isolating myself. Yeah. But now I know what it is as well. I try to not isolate myself. So if someone asks me to come out and do something or go for a coffee or anything, like my, my initial instinct is to say no. Or to say yes and then just come up with an excuse later. And I've been really trying not to do that because I feel guilty for it as well. And then the guilt sets in and then that <laughs> rolls off. And then, you know, you just like, can't ever just fucking be. Yeah. But um, yeah, I don't know. I just try 
Yeah. Brains are insane, aren't they? Like, when, once you actually realise how fucking powerful it is. Yeah. I mean, obviously it is. It controls what we do. Yeah. But when you realise actually how little control you've had over it for like yeah. all of your life, you're like, oh my God, I've been operating on this other yeah. system I didn't even know existed. Yeah, and there's so many fucking levels. It's just like, it just keeps going and going and it going. Does, it's and so I, complex. Sometimes I don't want to know. I wish I didn't know sometimes, but sure. <laughs> yeah. It is what it is. And you said, you said a bit earlier that you had like a bit of a breakdown. Like, yeah. What, what was that? What happened? So I guess I, I guess we started in really similar ways online audiences and that was amazing and that felt like a really safe community and then I got signed and I guess that was my goal I didn't want to be making music on YouTube like um just you know just on YouTube yeah, I wanted to it to be mold. yeah and like it's not that I have anything against that but I wanted to be a commercial musician and I wanted to write songs for people and I didn't want to just do that you know um and I got signed and it was all you know I think from that point it was just go. I, you know, all this little work up to that, bits, bits of work up to that point feels like, okay, I'm done now, that's it. And it's like, no, that's when it starts. And it rolls and rolls and rolls and then I'm touring and then you think it's done, but actually no, because uh, Australia's maybe six months behind, so you have to go and start again there. And then I was taken to Japan, Brazil, everywhere. And, which is amazing. And it's, at the time, I find it very hard to complain and say I wasn't happy because... It's amazing. Yeah, everyone dreams. Do you know that. what I Why? mean? Like, yeah, and course. it's very hard. Like, one person on the internet can tell you to sh- shut up and be grateful and stop complaining. And I'm like, yeah, actually, yeah, fair enough. Like, of course. But it's you just go along with it. And, and I guess the first time you do something as well, it's new and exciting. So you can kind of go along, and you don't really know what your boundaries are and what your limits are as a human being. But I was just—it was nonstop for about four years, and I was away, and I didn't have any structure, and I was back, and then I was away again, and it was just like boof, 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 and I shoved in the rooms and told to write songs with these random lads I didn't know, and I found it really difficult, and it was just weird. And then it stopped for a bit, and that was great. And you know, I stayed in the same house for over a year, and I made music, and I, I did like a second album, and it didn't really feel like I was doing it because I was doing it at my friend's house in London. It was like a nine to five, and I had to structure and whatever. And then it all came out, and then it stopped for a bit again, and I just didn't do anything. Any touring for ages, I was constantly writing, and I feel like that's my safe space. But touring, it just I felt really relieved to not be doing it. And then I went to Japan. And I did the, a billboard tour and it's like, um, you know, you do like, it's the same company, but you do like a show in Osaka and you do a show in Tokyo and maybe a few bits elsewhere. And, um, I just couldn't do it. And they have you doing matinees and sh- so you do two shows a day Oh bloody and hell. it's very like, nothing's late. Everything's on time. Like Japanese, um, like production companies and labels and it just works so well, but like you work and you have to, and you can't be lazy and, I was staying in a really nice hotel. It was kind of suburban Tokyo. There's big gardens and like, it was so airy and nice. And I just like literally, had, I don't know how to describe it. It was like a meltdown. I just went to walk around the garden and I saw a, um, a terrapin <laughs> in a pond and I just started crying and I was like, I can't do it. And I pulled myself together. and I was like, that's it. No, that's fine. I'm fine. I'm okay. And I went to do promo. This was the one day off that I had when I was there. And I love Japan as well. I love it. And this is why it was so sad. But I was doing promo and I was in the label and I was doing um, 
it was like nylon Japan. That's so cool. I don't, I'm not cool enough to do that here. You are, but, but I'm not. But anyway, I like, that's cool. And I, and we were talking about like all my favorite things and like in Japan as well, like the Japanese press don't want to out you. They don't want to write a bad headline about you. They just really support artists and wow. they ask about your lyrics and they ask about stuff that you like and your hobbies and it's lovely it's so wholesome and this is why I hate that it happened there and um I went to go and change outfits for one of the pictures to be taken and I went into the little room that made me at my label and my manager owner was there and she was like you okay Gabby and I just went <laughs> and I just broke and I was trying to do like buttons up on a dress or something and I didn't she was like what's wrong and I was like I don't know I just can't answer how we're like sewing anymore or something ridiculous and that was it. I was just done. And I came back and, and I, I was so ill. I was so skinny. My skin was really bad. I, my hair was really thin. Like I just noticed I wasn't well as right. well physically. And I, I was just tired all the time and I couldn't eat food. And it was just like, I love food. Yeah. <laughs> I love sleep. Um, and I got back and I had an American tour planned for like the end of the year. And, it, and I was like, I actually can't do it. And, um, I kind of kept the thing about I think the thing about the depression anxiety as well is that it makes you unable to be unable to be um like assertive right yeah. I guess so like you know you want to say no but you don't say no. you go oh yeah I'll do that it's yeah like, why did I just say yes and you feel you can't say no to things so I was just you make hints and you just hint and hope that someone picks up on it and goes sure you don't want to cancel it and I'm like yeah <laughs> so like I was just hinting and hinting and hinting no one was taking it and I rang my friend Liz um and she has worked with me a lot and she's been there and she was you know signed to the same label as me like 10 years before and it was you know like she'd seen it and she'd done it and she was just like just don't go really? and I was like what do you mean I can't go she's like just don't go and I was like, you don't have to cancel it you can reschedule it whatever and I just felt so guilty but she then rang my manager and was like, she can't go. Like, I'm sorry. She just rang me crying. She's at a festival. She shouldn't be crying. She, she can't go. And they cancelled it straight away. They were like, and I got a text from my manager. I was at Electric Picnic in Ireland. And he was like, American tour has been cancelled. I bet the relief. And I was just like, ah! And it wasn't cancelled. It got postponed. And I did a lot of work to make it so I could go. And I brought Alfie with me. So I had some sort of kind of network and that, and I went, you know, six months afterwards and it made it a lot better. Maybe six months, maybe a little bit less. Um, but that's when I just started getting help for it. And that was like, you know, you have depression, this, but then actually it led to the ADHD right. diagnosis. So, and so yeah. through, throughout like the Japan thing, was it, do you think you were realizing something was going wrong or, and you were denying it or did it take for all of it to happen? And then you were like, Oh shit, actually I think, maybe I'm not okay. I think it needed to happen. I think something felt weird the whole time. I've never felt comfortable with it, but I thought that maybe that was the one part of it that made me feel uncomfortable and right. I could live with it. Um, but I think, I don't know, like, it, I think I caught up with myself. Yeah. It's like there's yourself and then there's your brain self, your <laughs> kind of soul self, your yeah. very like simple human self. And I was running on autopilot. Right. And I think I stopped and then my other self caught up with me and was going, what the fuck are you doing to yourself? What are you doing? And as soon as it kind of sunk in and I'd had a bit of time off and then started again, and I started again in the same way I had done it before, it didn't work. Because so I'd got into what I was doing and it was the first time I was an adult on my own as well. So like I was learning that and I had a bit of time off to learn my boundaries and when I want to go to bed and when I want to wake up, how much I can do. Like, And 
I think it was just like it was wrong. Yeah. And I could, I was like, I can't do this this time. And I think I was, I was a teenager as well. So it was like, someone yeah, told me to do something. When, when all that happened? So my little mini breakdown was about two, was that, two years ago. That was post? Post my like second album. Okay, and, like, right, yeah. Post okay. me leaving. It was about two and a half years ago where I had a bit of time off and I was releasing bits here and there. But like, I think I needed that time off to actually know. Yeah. I think. Did your friends and family notice that something was different? Were they kind of I like... I was told okay? I was skinny and my skin was bad. <laughs> like, right. all the time. Like, it was showing up physically. Though, I could like, tell, but, like, it was weird because the people I worked with, maybe they noticed it, they never told me that they did. But I feel like they were waiting for me to say something. It wasn't that they were evil, they were, like, just no. running me through a machine. But um, I think maybe they noticed something wasn't right and then I told them. And then it was, like, even though I felt like it was going to be really annoying for everyone to just have to rejig everything, but it made it so much better for that. And yeah. everyone knows my boundaries now as well. So, like, even my manager knows very well that I can't do a whole year of touring. Like, I have to do it in chunks. Yeah. So. Do you feel yeah, like you can be more assertive now? Yeah. Oh, yeah. how cool! Say so no all the time. It's brilliant. No is a magic word, and it's very hard to say. And it's hard to like just say no to things sometimes as well. When it's like you better do it because it might be a good opportunity. I'm like, but it might not. Yeah. And do you know, can I be bothered? No. Am I promised anything? It actually doesn't matter. Like what? Yeah. Do you know? Like does yeah. It I think especially in this industry, like we were saying, when you're a musician, you can't help but feel like. You should be really grateful to be there all the time. So any opportunity that comes your way, mm. you should take it because it's probably amazing and people would love to have that people opportunity. People would kill for that opportunity. But exactly, it's like, but no, like... but it's probably going to be shit. And it's going to make me feel awful about <laughs> myself. Yeah. I just think about it all the time. I think the music industry is the one industry, well, maybe there's more, I don't know about them. But <laughs> <laughs> really maybe there's yeah. millions. But it's the one that makes you feel so important and so insignificant at exactly the same time. Wow, yeah. So Do you know true. what I mean? So true. But how scary is that? Like it's no horrible. Wonder. It's very confusing for people. No wonder, like musicians, just take all drugs all the time. And like, yeah, I can completely understand why they do. And like, I think, oh, I don't know. I was talking to a friend really recently, and she had interned for a management company, and she had to put together a promo schedule for an artist at some festivals or something. Right. And um, she had scheduled in lunch and dinner and breakfast and a break. And the artists were like, wow, that's so cool. Like, wow, thank you. Wow, she was like, break. You just said thank you to me for allowing you 20 minutes for lunch. Like, and when she had brought it up with the management company, they were like, well, yeah, okay, do we want, like, well, yeah, if you think so. Like, that hadn't even been thought of. So even though you're getting all these amazing opportunities, and obviously, like, from the outside, it looks like, you know, obviously we're in an amazing position, but like, there's basic human needs and it's time and it's, you need a bit of food and yeah. you need a rest. And, and like, like family and friends. Family, friends, things. networks and like structure and your home. Like they are needs for you to live like a, you know, a stable life. Yeah. Um, and they're not actually thought about because these people making those schedules are in their office and they go home to their families every night and they don't actually understand it. And you can understand why they don't because they don't actually have to live it even though they're working on it, you know? Yeah. Do you feel like, in order for that to change, then there needs to be like all <laughs> all musicians need to be like, no, we are only going to tour for X amount of time. I think there should be regulations. Like, like I think sometimes, like obviously, it's very hard to regulate people who are self employed because even when you're signed to major labor, you're still self employed. But like some of the hours that musicians work, if it's technically illegal, 
yeah. is illegal. And there's no real regulation. There's regulation for the A&Rs to sit in the office and there's regulations and rules and HR, but there isn't for, for the people actually making money for these industries. And I get that everyone's a cog and everyone, you know, like it's not just, just musicians. There's a huge team around everybody. But I, I don't know how you would regulate it. Because some people love working. Some people would love to do that all the time. But I think... You know, you should be able to book holiday every year. Yeah, definitely. You should, and like, it's untouchable. You should have like legally untouchable. You don't have to go away on holiday. You just have to have that time is off and no one can touch it. Yeah. There should be a certain amount of hours you can do a day. Like, I, I think yeah. personally. And, I, and, and maybe even in deals, record deals, Zippo, and <laughs> record deals, you know, kind of having therapists and working with music charities for you know artists to have that if they need it yeah i think i think because it's it's difficult and a lot of artists get signed so young that i think they do every now and then might need to go and talk to someone even if they just go into the label once a month to speak to someone who's there for half an hour like it, i think it'd be handy yeah because you definitely because it's such a weirdly unique experience when you first start out you really think no one else is doing the same thing or mm. feeling the same thing but as soon as you speak to someone who's on the same thing they're like oh yeah I'm at home every day and actually I feel really guilty when I don't do anything and I hate myself and I beat myself up when actually we're all sat at home hating ourselves for not <laughs> having the motivation to do something but like yeah so she's farted I'm really sorry I promise you it's not me you oh, smell it's definitely you. um no what was I gonna say Oh, God damn it. Don't you hate when that happens? <laughs> I do That's another ADHD thing. Is it? I, this is one of my biggest, biggest anxieties in, like, interviews is when someone asks me a question. I can forget that question whilst I'm answering it. Oh, God, how terrifying. And I do it all the time. Really? All the time. And now I know why. I thought something was really badly wrong with me in my brain. Really? And now I know what it is. Like, it's just, like, your thoughts. Your thoughts are, like, in the air. And you just have to catch them and hope they don't fly away. That's literally what it's like. That's that, like you could ask me a question now, and I'd be like, "Yeah, well, the thing is, I think. What do I think? And what is? What do I think about what? <laughs> Nowadays, are you just like, sorry, what was the question again? Or do you just keep going? Um, in the sometimes you try and keep going. I don't know why. I should just stop. Yeah, I like that. I, I don't know. Um, okay, I can't remember it because my brain's being a little bitch. Are you like a spiritual person then? Yeah, I guess in some ways. Well, could, you, you've been, you've definitely been on a journey these past few I've years. I've tried a few things. <laughs> right? Yeah. But like, you know, like veganism and yeah. all this stuff, it all links, right? You're quite feel, a wellness-like person. Yeah. I mean, I don't think I'm perfectly healthy. I, I, but I just, I don't know. I just, it's weird because for me, I just, I just, I didn't go, I'm going vegan now. Like, it never felt like that for me. I just stopped eating random bits, some bits I didn't eat in the first place. And, and it wasn't like I was like, it's bad for the animals to stop eating it. But that wasn't my, my motivation, but I stopped eating meat and then I liked, I couldn't cook anyway. And since actually not eating, well, just only eating vegetables, basically I've learned how to cook in really creative ways and I really love it and I enjoy it and I found something I enjoy. Um, and I don't like to try and push it on people, but I like to make people food. So when people come around for dinner, I really try and put on a thing yeah. <laughs> and like do it. And other people are really nice and they're having a shit time or they are actually or are they really a nice like time. It. They do like it. I managed, you know, Callum Burrows. Mm-hmm. I managed to eat, make him eat a bowl of cucumber, not cucumber, cauliflower oh right <laughs> a bowl of cucumber and like he's not a vegetables guy but he came around and ate a bowl of cucumber so cauliflower <laughs> <laughs> so 
I really love it. I love being like, that's a cauliflower, by the way. And him, like, you know, I just love that yeah. shit. I love it. What's your um, favourite thing to cook? Oh, mac and cheese. Oh, wait, I I've seen it. you on your Cooking with Friends do that, right? It, it was so bad because the oven didn't melt the cheese because we got the pre-grated <laughs> cheese and it's got this, like, I think it's because it's made out of coconut oil. It just melts. So it's right. got, like, um, this powder stuff on it to make it not melt. And I needed it to melt. And I was like, I just want to do it again. This is shit. <laughs> but I need content. Like, some vegan food at some point i need like i'm one of those really annoying people that's just so fussy when it comes to food and i'm like it's one of the one things i'm like i know i want this to change in my life but say with cucumber for example yeah, very yeah. innocent food i'd be like no don't like i it. actually Wouldn't had a guy it. stay with me at the start of the week and we went to um this place that's like sushi burritos and i told him it was brilliant he was like that's delicious but i looked where he was sat on the beach and i saw his two sticks of cucumber next to him and i was like you didn't eat that I don't think you like cucumber and then that night I put cucumber in something I was making him for dinner and it was the one thing left on his plate but he's so polite oh, <laughs> he didn't say anything <laughs> do you have like a food that you just hate that's completely irrational um, like what's your thing that just makes you gag I mean there's definitely some things let me try and whittle it down um, mine's raisins Raisin, I like a raisin. Vile. If It's probably somewhere in the veg category. Cucumbers are a no, even though they're just water and air, <laughs> yeah. seemingly. They're delicious. <laughs> <laughs> um, hmm, what would I like actively? Avocados, I'd actively avoid. I find them difficult, actually. Because you, you have I to get them at the right moment or something? The right I'm moment. Like, I don't like them on their own. Right. Like, I have to mush them in with loads of salt or something. I think okay. it's very like, it's like eating a lump of butter. Yeah, see, how is anyone like that? My nan used to make sandwiches with really, really thick butter, and I couldn't deal with it. But yeah, I loved the rest of the filling in the sandwich, but I just had to eat through the butter. I just wouldn't be like, I hate it. <laughs> how do you feel about eggs? Um, I've never personally liked eggs, actually. Same. Not like them. I, I used to love a dippy egg. I could do okay, like, like the a dippy egg yellow soldier bit. thing. The rest of it, no. And scrambled egg used to make me heave. But. So I don't eat eggs now, and I think, actually, the egg industry is horrible. But, like, when I, I, I feel like if people had just chickens in their garden and just and they just lay a couple of eggs, I don't think that's killing the world. I, mean, right, you know, yeah. I think that's fine. <laughs> yeah. um, and I actually stayed, I got, like, an Airbnb in, like, Devon somewhere. No, in Butte, in Cornwall once. Nice. And it was, like, this guy had bought this old cattle shed thing and made it into his house, and then he built these yurts, and he'd made a nut orchard on his land. It was a proper hippie fest. Yeah, amazing. who is this guy? Oh, he's amazing. I'll send you him. And he built this amazing yurt with, like, a wood oven thing, and, um, you know, do you know those wood fires? Yeah, like, yeah, like the pizza big fire. No, no, not like a pizza thing. Like, you have them in your house. A, a log burner. Oh, okay, uh, right. A <laughs> <Okay>. wood oven. <laughs> Had a, it was amazing and I had like this like solar powered outdoor shower and it, it was it wasn't warm but it was really lovely and you're in the middle of nowhere in this orchard and there's chickens running around and he brought up some of their eggs and I was like I'm cool with this I'm cool with this I'm gonna have an omelette I'm gonna I'm camping I'm making an omelette and I made the omelette and I was sick oh and really only because I hadn't had it in so long right your it's like your taste buds change or something yeah. it was like eating a fart Oh my god, that literally! And I really disgusting. wanted to enjoy that. I was like, do you know what? I don't do this very often. At and least I you tried. Yeah. I tried it, and I was like, I'm okay with this kind of egg. This is the egg I'm okay with, but it, it wasn't okay. Yeah, but it would have been the best egg if I liked eggs. I think 
Is it is it the same thing? Like, if you had any meat now, you reckon your body would be like, "Fuck." Yeah, that. I don't think I'd like it. It smells different. It smells like like oh, I don't know what human flesh smells like, but like it feels <laughs> like I'm smelling. Here? I'm a murderer, uh, <laughs> but I. It's like I'm. It just doesn't. It doesn't happen. I'm not offended. I feel like someone eats meat around me. I'm not like, oh, get away. Yeah. Like it's fine. I'm completely cool with it. I have dogs. Like it's fine. But like, I just don't feel an feel anything for it yeah yeah and is Alfie vegan yeah he is he loves it he's he's so vegan I actually saw he it was a really funny moment a few weeks ago where I just looked at him and I was like you literally look like a vegan meme and he was wearing like (laughs) socks and Birkenstocks but the vegan Birkenstocks he had a repeal the eighth jumper on a broccoli in one hand and a fucking (laughs) cucumber in the other or something and he was like, like a hat or something he had no, just his hair, but the coconut oil oh, or something cool. like, you know. <laughs> and it, it's like, you look so vegan. You look like yourself uh, right now. <laughs> I love it. Um, yeah. I don't know. I just, yeah. <laughs> I don't know how we got into Look vegan. how far I'm down my gin. Oh, well, Jesus. Well, we should oh, probably no. pour some more. Yeah. Um, okay, let's go with another another number. 19. Why do I keep fucking going off this? Oh, yeah, I remember now. Um, 19. What's the one thing that people always misunderstand about you? <sighs> okay. This is going to be good. Well, I'm not sure. I think there are... I like I like to meet people. I like people. And I hate the kind of kind of border that's kind of put up between, like, artists and fans. I hate that. And it's like, I don't want to feel superior to anybody. And I don't want anyone to feel superior to me. And it's like, we're all in the same room. We're humans. And I don't like the whole kind of celebrity thing. And obviously, I'm not fucking Rihanna. I get it. But, like, I don't... It makes me feel really uncomfortable. So I feel like people I meet and people who come to my shows or like, you know, whatever, I think they probably see me and meet me and they're like, okay. But I think, um, you know, when I'm pitching for something or like maybe reaching out to an artist or a writer to like, hey, I want to work with you. They think I'm the piano girl. Oh, really? Sweet, lovely piano girl. Like, you know, who never does anything wrong. I, I feel like... You know, like, you might get it sometimes. Do you ever get people, like, tweeting, like, can you not swear, please? Because my nine-year-old well, follows you. Like, Why is your I, nine-year-old on Twitter? Like, <laughs> I'm pretty sure I said cunt when I was on YouTube at 18. Oh, so I should I have just done it and got it out of the way. I love to drop the C-bomb. Like, just to surprise people. <laughs> I um, but, like, I think, uh, I think maybe, I don't know. I sound so, like, such a dick saying it. But I feel like people may think I'm... Maybe, maybe more innocent than I may right, be but then okay. at the same time I remember when like I asked you I was like what what drugs do you think I do and you're like oh you obviously do coke and yeah. I was like oh, no I've never done coke yeah, <laughs> it's because so I, I get I, that I get it though I get that vibe and, there, and I think about people that I follow on like Instagram and like that I don't know and I'm like they're definitely cokeheads but actually they're probably not at all <laughs> <Yeah>. like, <laughs> I kind of I wish there was like a way or, like, you could put an emoji that would let people know, like, oh, yeah, I do drugs and I'm okay to talk about them. Because yeah. you just, you're, like, having a friendly chat and you're like, I just really want to know whether you do drugs. Or, like, or the thing on, know. like, just the internet as well. Because I feel like that's my only place I can really connect to people yeah. who are, like, I don't know that like my music. And I feel like I have a duty to do that and say, th- like, thank you, you know. Um, you know, sometimes I might find something funny, but, like, oh, no one can know that I find that funny. And it's not like, you know, no one's going to be offended by any of it. But I'm like, oh, <laughs> like, you know, like, there were just a few things. Things like be it drugs or something completely silly or like you know yeah. like um I didn't I was scared that like I I liked like one of Seth Rogan's posts on like he'd done um 
for his. Uh, do you know? Do you follow him on Instagram? I don't think I do. Actually. He makes. He goes to pottery classes so he can make his own ashtrays. I love oh, him. That is such a Seth he's Rogen my fucking thing hero. Do. I love him. But he he's got like some like weed company or something. But he'd done this amazing. Um, like he's he's got like three strains, like a sativa and an indica and a hybrid, and he's done like a compilation vinyl to go with each strain. So like there's like slow kind of chill music. There's like big music and then it's kind of mid-tempo for like depending on what like and I wanted to share that and be like I want to tell my label my managers and be like look how cool this is well I know they're gonna think badly of me and like and I wanted to share it and say it was genius but I was like well someone might find out that I follow a guy who smokes weed or something like and like you know I didn't I don't know I hate that I think that because it's not even that bad okay right let's pick another number 22 wow you fucking knew you said 22, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, I fucking did. <laughs> yeah, I did. If you died tomorrow, what would you wish you'd have done? <gasps> oh, goodness gracious me. Um, oh, jeez. I like to use death as a way to, um, nowadays anyway, to, like, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, I, for example, if if I thought about you and I'd be like, okay, if Gabrielle died tomorrow, what would I wish I I could have said to her that I never did. And then I'd be like, well, why am I not telling her that now? Okay. You know oh, that's I mean? interesting. I think there's, I actually don't, re- it may sound sad, but not in a bad way. I just don't have any goals. I just, I'm just living. I'm not a goal I don't care. Person. I don't, I don't want to, you know, like some people are like, I want to have a number one. I want to have a Grammy. Like I've never dreamt about any of those things. I just want to get to a point that, like, my dog has a big garden to run around in and I can chill in my house and I can, you know, sort my parents out. Like, I would love to take my, like, my parents to some of the countries that I travel to with my music so I could actually show them because it's bonkers. I'd love to bring, like, my parents with me to Japan or something and that's something I wish... I I could easily just go and book that tomorrow, but, like, I... Um, but I don't you know and like that's something I feel like I have all these thoughts about things I want to do and I think I should just do them right and why aren't you why don't you think you are I don't know ADHD (laughs) I think that's what it is yeah I think yeah there's nothing in particular but I think I would just love for like my family to see some of the things I've seen that I can't quite explain unless they're there. Yeah, you know, totally. I think. Yeah, Have I think you you've it. got a good relationship with your family? Yeah, they're the coolest. Yeah. yeah, I've met them a couple of times at your tours. Yes, yes, they are. They're just yeah, it's cool. Yeah, <laughs> cool people. <laughs> and you know, you always think that your parents deserve more than what they have. You know, and like I would just love to be like here. We're going to Tokyo next week. <laughs> I'd love to be able to do that one day. What so. would they do if you did that? They'd just they just freak uh, out my mum probably just pass out actually she probably <laughs> just had a panic attack she probably would not enjoy it at all um but I would just love to just plonk them in a situation way out of their comfort zone I think it'd be hilarious what was your like childhood like with it what were the good bits um, and the bad bits like pretty free actually it's because we didn't have much and I never felt like I was lacking until I went to school and I was bullied because, you were bullied? Yeah. And, like, I, know, I didn't go to, like, a private school or anything like that. It wasn't, like... But I felt like it was quite middle class, maybe. I definitely felt, like, different to a lot of the other students who were quite wealthy, maybe. And, like, I think I was actually very similar to most people in the UK. But in that one particular thing, I felt like I was less than everybody. But I think I was probably in the same boat as most people my age at the time. But I think... Um, 
it was only school that made me feel like I didn't have enough or maybe that I couldn't dress the way that some of the girls were dressing and they'd bully me for it or like you know I remember my mum had this really old car and it was cool it's like an old mini and she used to drive old ice cream vans and stuff and like do like that was her job and like now I think that's the coolest thing ever but I just remember this moment it's weird how you remember the names of your bullies I remember them like I could just out them right now (laughs) (laughs) but you're better I'm better than them yeah um I just remember this one moment where this girl saw my mum's car and came back to me and was like, you're disgusting. My parents have a new car every three years. And I just remember being like, okay. And like going to like my cycling proficiency and feeling like I had the coolest bike in the world. It was like this bright green BMX or something I thought was so cool. And then this guy would be like, that is the most disgusting bike I've ever seen. And me being like, oh, okay. Like those moments, that was like the worst of it. Right. And like, but still they like, Words Sorry, but evil little shit. Yeah, like, I mean, I laugh really at them now. Haha. <laughs> but like, <laughs> I don't know, like, I don't know, it's just weird, because then, like, at home, when I really zoom out, I'm like, wow, I really didn't have as much of those other kids who were really mean to me, but, like, I never felt like I lacked anything. That's good parenting. Because they're legends. Yeah. So, like, you know, crayons and a bit of paper, fucking fantastic. Yeah. I love it. And, and like, look where that got you. And whereas to them, like, to other people, that might have just been, like, nothing. Well, I don't know, I just, I felt like I was pretty content, actually. Yeah. So, like... I quite liked not being in school, but it wasn't that I hated school. I probably would have enjoyed it if it wasn't for that. Right. For like... When did you start playing music then? When was music something that you retreated um, to for like... Has it been... Is, is music it's a kind of been constant. Yeah, definitely. Writing and recording is... Touring I find really difficult, but I love it. There's, you know, the first three songs, horrible because I'm anxious, but then once I get into it, it's fine. But studio work and writing I really enjoy and I feel like it's really it really exercises a part of my brain that needs to be exercised I like it whether it's for me or for someone else or a project or a tv or whatever um but yeah I feel actually forgotten what the question was (laughs) I was waiting for it (laughs) when when did music start becoming a thing okay so it was always a constant like um like music was always a part of your family my earliest memory yeah, definitely. My, my my dad's really, really creative. Really? Like, um, and he was more artistic, you know, like with fine art and making things and painting and stuff. So that was definitely always, that was always a visual thing for me. And I loved that. Um, and I literally had always been painting and things, making stuff. But music, I, I got, my aunt gave me like one of her old keyboards. It was like one of those really shit ones. Um, and like, I learned, like my dad was telling me to learn tunes, like Bruce Springsteen songs and like things. And I was just like learning, but it wasn't really, you know, it was just something I just to do as well. But I remember I, like, like my first memory of music being a thing was when I was, I don't think I was even four. I have a really good memory. I, I have say, how the these like that? snippets. I must have been about three because I was old enough to like feel like I didn't have to go to the toilet. Like I would still like just, you know, wear a nappy. That blows yeah. My mind Do you know, I have that. like these, I have amazing memory. Like some, and there's things I don't even know I remember and some will say a word and it will trigger something and I'll remember a conversation I had when I was like nine or whatever. But there's this one memory I have of like my mum I can smell it as well my mum used shaking back on the carpet it was lily of the valley flavor and I actually can smell it now and and she was shaking back in the floor and then the doorbell went or something and she went to she was hoovering up and I was sat like in my little area 
and she'd gone to the door and in that moment I was watching the TV and the music video for Nothing Compares, the Sinead O'Connor version, came on and I was just like, wow, who is she? She's an angel. And that, that moment just completely got me. And I was there like, wow. Wow. You know? How cool was that? So the I, I remember like remember always it, loving but... it but didn't know what I wanted to do with right. it, I guess. And that's where I'm going to end it today, team. But be sure not to miss the last 10, 15 minutes of that conversation because it gets so funny. She tells the most amazingly embarrassing (laughs) stories and we talk about YouTube and we talk about what it was like for her writing my mistake and what was behind that. There is so much good stuff to be found in that last section. So make sure you sign up to my Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Kate McGill. You can sign up for as little as one dollar a month and you'll get the full full episodes all the time a week earlier than everyone else do not miss out go and sign up now and i'll be forever grateful but i will see you back here in a couple of weeks with josephine from oh wonder we have an amazing chat about body image and confidence and diets and oh wonder and music it's such a good chat she's a wonderful human so i'll see you back then and have a lovely life until then okay Bye.